two movies, three rounds, one winner. Welcome to the Movie Battle Podcast. Yeah, no, we're here. It's episode four, and I'm joined by, as ever... I think my name is still Eamon. And I know for sure my name is still Liam. And the episode today uh, has The Raid. Well done, because I think you were less sure on the title of our movies uh, this week, as you yeah, know kept... than you normally would be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's directed by... Judge versus Raid, yeah? Judge, I kept saying Judge versus Dread. That's what I kept saying. Oh, judge versus Dread. That so was it. Yeah. It was just nothing got to do with Raid, basically. It was just Judge versus Dread. But, yeah, uh, it's it's the uh, the Stallone version versus uh, versus uh, the um, urban version. What? The urban versus rural. Go on. Okay, oh. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so The Raid, so that it was released. Actually, initially it came out in 2011. Or in, in, in Indonesia yeah, it came out in 2011. But I think it's worldwide release. release was yeah, 2012. 2012. Um, but that was directed by Garrett Evans. And the opponent... In the other corner is, as we mentioned, J- Dread. That <laughs> <laughs> was deliberate. It was deliberate. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. I don't um, know about that. That was directed by... Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Do you remember his name? Something Travis? Is it Pete Travis? Pete Travis could be. Um, which was... do, we not, do we want to double check? I'm trying to... Do you right. not write it down? I have it written here on my phone, but it's not coming <laughs> up for me. I feel like it's Pete Travis, but it could just be a name that sounds right. Hang on, I'm going to... <laughs> no, my phone won't come on. Four episodes in to professionalism. It's hang on, wait, no, oh yeah, it is. Pete, it's Pete, Pete Travis. Travis. Pete, Pete Travis. Travis. Okay. Uh, which yeah, but that was also released in 2012. I think later in the year. Yeah, I think there's about six months or something between the wider release of of uh, the raid uh, and then Dread came about six months later. I think it was definitely the same uh, calendar year. Um. So yeah, um, I have no idea. Or Even had. You have an idea now. Yeah, well, I compared to last week where I didn't really have an idea, but this one I'm completely lost in what the outcome is going to be in terms of... Oh, sorry. Okay. I yeah. thought you were saying you have no idea about the movies. And I was like, oh. well, didn't we, we just spend like yeah. hours watching them and then analyzing them and taking notes? Uh, let's say it now. I watched the wrong films. I watched next week's films <laughs> by mistake. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I really don't know where it's going, but I'm intrigued I don't know where I'm going to be honest I'm, I'm, I'm undecided on, on, on maybe one or two rounds so let's see where we go yeah uh, we'll be we'll get cracking first round yeah um, so first round is round one music so we'll start with the raid released first chronologically uh, music was composed by uh, Mike Shinoda and uh, Joseph uh, Trapanese there's always one there's always one who has to have a name that, you know, is at best, you know, difficult to pronounce. And, you know, at times a jumble of letters that would put the Welsh town names to shame. Um, but Trapanese, I think. Um, Mike Schnoda, actually, <laughs> bizarrely, he, he's, in, he's in Lincoln Park. He's what? He was in, he is. Oh, I a think, band member. In Lincoln Park. Uh, 
it's not a band I, I was ever really into. Uh, really I liked there was an instrumental piece I did like by them, but I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I wouldn't have been. No, but fun. um, just a a little tidbit to throw in there. Yeah, nugget of um, trivia. <laughs> Factoid. Um. Okay. So yeah, the music for the raid. Um. I liked it's one of those I think I feel like I've kind of said this a few weeks but it's one of those scores that um works really well suits the film really well without getting in the way um it, you know it, it it does its job so um I like the fact that we open actually without music you probably see a, a a theme running through episodes where I like lack of things before things, you know, like in in Godzilla, you know, where uh, or King Kong, where they don't show him too early and then he comes in later. Less is uh, more sometimes. Yeah, build up. So I like the fact that we come in just on 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 raw folio, just the sound effects of him punching the bag, training, and then him talking to his wife and and unborn child, and then back to training again. Just going on your comment about mm. like the no music and how it can be effective. It was a bit later in the film where Mad Dog comes upon Jaha, that he was the captain. Jaka? Is it Jaka? I, I think thought, it's Jaka. I thought it was Jaha. Okay, maybe it is Jaka. But when they first meet, there's like, um, not the main guy, the, he was the captain. The other, not the guy who betrays them, but the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's Jaka. Yeah. When they first kind of encounter each other, there's like no music. It just to me because there had been a lot of music with the fight scenes that preceded it, but when that moment comes, there's no music, and it kind of added yes. a real weight of tension to their impending duel. You know. Yeah, I like. I, yeah, I noted that as well. It was interesting that the music actually just stops completely, and it's just um, live audio, so to speak. You know, it's just the sounds of the real sounds of the room and uh, their footsteps. And yeah. I thought as well during the uh, when they're like when they're in the van, kind of the truck thing, and they're kind of approaching yeah. the building, it's just kind of like, music is like really menacing, but it's almost like it's kind of vibrating, kind of a... Kind of a... Yeah, you, you know what it reminded me of? Terminator. The drums in that really reminded me of Terminator. I, I heard it straight away. I was like, oh, whoa, that's interesting. It and, wasn't and real... very evocative of, of Terminator. It was a very I... menacing kind of... Um, it, it was. It felt like it was just it was vibrating, kind of... The scale of the task at hand, you know. Um, vibrating? <laughs> Did I say vibrating? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Emphasizing or, yeah, building. No, but I think that's, maybe that's how I describe it. Okay. Describe the, the music. Felt the music like felt like it was vibrating. vibrating okay, yeah. okay, sorry, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. I, I thought um, it, that that intro, the visuals as well as the music, but obviously we're just on, on music at the moment, but the vi everything there really built up the mammoth task that they were facing. You know, it, um, it, it it did build very well, and the music was was a huge part of that. Um, I felt like um, the movie in general. I've kind of my notes are kind of pretty broad, across, mm -hmm. but I felt like the it felt like um a, a music video in some ways, like the the music kind of punctuated moments of of action, um, kind of like you would edit a music video or a trailer. Um, which which kind of made sense in in a in a in a film that's so unbelievably choreographed as this is, it kind of made sense to kind of. It doesn't flow like a dra a regular drama movie, you know. Obviously, visually and you know the. I felt like I kind of got 
at times, just in some moments, yeah. kind of vibes of the the prodigy a bit from it. Yeah, well, I mean, it has a it dark that visceral, techno. Yeah, uh, yeah quality, that, that's you know. what kind of came to me mm-hmm. hearing it. And there was a nice bit when they were kind of scaling the first few floors. It was really kind of getting that kind of intensity yeah. to the music. But I kind of felt after that, I just felt the music was became less prominent. Yeah, it was just like it was just there, but it didn't really. You know, it was fine, I guess, but yeah. it didn't really do a whole lot. It didn't no. stand out too much to me, I guess, because it was being overshadowed by like the amazing. <laughs> action scenes um, <laughs> we'll get to that don't yeah. worry <laughs> but I just uh, felt like uh, yeah it just felt like as you were kind of saying earlier kind of just background just it, filling in the little spaces I guess but serviceable yeah but not it, it did its job subtly and and some and I know we've we did kind of have to have this discussion every week because some people may not have listened to our previous episodes but it's uh, it's important that the music accentuates the film rather than be a concert going on behind the film. Um, so that's its number one job is to is to add to what's going on, the visuals and the, uh, and the sound effects. But that said, obviously, some some um, like we discovered in Godzilla, some pieces of music can blow you away and move you and and still elevate the film and still add to the film. Um, mm. This is one where I agree with you. They started off quite promising, or at least I noticed it more. And then as the film went on, I noticed it less. I mean, I'm looking through my notes and I'm just like, I had nothing on music for large parts of the film. I just, it was just blank. It was just all action. Um, and so I agree with you that it it started well. It built the to- the tone of the film very well. I suppose though, it worked when it needed to work the most to establish kind of the feel of the film going in, because obviously the action spoke for itself in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'd like to say first, like agreeing again, we're always agreeing. <laughs> I think people are probably just like, oh, have you ever just <laughs> have an argument? <laughs> uh, well, I, hope, I hope. I hope we. Uh, Start disagreeing on some of the other uh, aspects, <laughs> or even which one we thought was better when we get to dread. But uh, yeah, I for me, I t- said there was a couple of moments early in the film I thought were pretty cool, but I think then for most of it, it was just it was there, but it wasn't really. Um... You know, actually, one moment I did notice actually um, that I really liked was way later on in the film um, when um, uh, Jama isn't it Jama? I thought it was Jaha, the captain, is it? No, Rama. Rama. Oh, he's the... The, the, the... the protagonist. Yeah, the main guy, yeah. Yeah, so when, when Rama finds his brother, you know, Mad Dog is torturing him. Mm. And when they comes in and, and Rama um, starts freeing his brother and Mad Dog, like, turns his back and starts walking away. And we know, we're, like, we're waiting for this fight, you know? Like, we're waiting the whole movie for this fight. Um, and there's this eerie kind of ringing sound it's just this slow punctuating sound it's not very loud it's very subtle but it's just there ringing and it i thought it it set the mood perfectly it was just like you know it was really like you know we know what's going to happen you know what's going to happen and and even the music is kind of tensing up kind of waiting for the crescendo waiting for the moment of release you know when when it just goes balls to the wall um so i actually i really like that bit um i didn't oh, from being honest i didn't notice yeah. that um, yeah no no just i, I was just waiting to see how this fight is, is gonna 
top the last one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, another bit going, going a little further back, uh, the, another bit that I did like, um, but again, this is quite early in the film, um, was, you know, when, um, the, you know, when the snipers start coming out. Yes. And um, so, and it was kind of felt like, it felt like a shift is in like, you know, they cleared out kind of the riffraff and then now it was like the next stage or even like um like the boss at the end of a level or something. And there was an upshift in tempo and music at that moment that I just really kind of lifted it when it needed to there. I thought it worked really well. I noticed the music at that point and I thought it it worked very well there. Um, But that was probably up until the ringing, probably the last thing I noticed of music in the film, really, mm. to be honest. Um. I have nothing else to say on music. <laughs> uh, so you can keep going well, on if you well, want. You, you, <laughs> if you're waiting for me to come in with something else, I have nothing else to say. Yeah. I've given my book. I have no more words, Your Honor. Um, okay, I think we're ready to vote. Ready to vote? We're, not, we're, ready to vote. we're not ready to vote. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just thought it was the raid versus <laughs> nothing? It's raid versus the. Okay, we're ready to move on to Dread. Uh, the score for Dread was composed by Paul Leonard Morgan. Well done, Paul. Um, so I have to say, this kind of felt quite similar to The Raid for me in a lot of ways. Again, you have to start agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, you got thumping techno. Um, but you know, what, you know what popped into my head very early on? I think it's like, it's just after we have that kind of establishing shot of the world and the city you know, Dread got the narration and then just going into the motorbike chase at the very start of the film. What it reminded me of was um remember those uh you wouldn't you wouldn't steal a car, you wouldn't steal oh, a movie. Uh, piracy yeah. is stealing or whatever that, that, those terrible cringe that's what you heard when you for the, the music you know dung 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 it, it reminded me of I kind of I actually kind of liked the the opening music I thought the oh, no, really no, cool I, kind I, of drum beat I, I didn't it. say it was bad Oh, it just, just it just reminded me. It, it, oh, I thought that would would have put you off it. No, 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 no. It's just like I subtly picked. I was like, oh my god, it's kind of similar. But like, no, I thought it, it worked very well uh, over to introduce dread, introduce the world, and then into that first kind of uh, scene of, of 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 action in the motorbike uh, van chase scene. Um, but go on. Yeah, no. Um, I thought it, there was some bits. It was kind of quite gritty, which kind of suited. Yeah. The film, there was some slow drum beat as well, uh, which I thought helped to build kind of tension. Uh, but again, I thought for the most part, I thought like the raid, that the music was just kind of there, but it didn't stand out that much, except for yeah, and slow mo. Yes, were the <laughs> Madeline's death scene, but but that music was fantastic. Yeah, and it reminded me of you know when you um, uh, used to have like songs on YouTube and they'd slow them down, like they. I remember it was like there was a Justin Bieber one they slowed down. Yes, yeah. And it actually sounded like really good. That sort of kind of reminded me of that a little as well. And it was this kind of like, it was like this kind of like, uh, I don't know, it was like this kind of fantastical, enchanting kind of quality to it. It was almost like her her death was almost kind of became beautiful in a way, if that made sense. I'm going to shock you, Liam. That was exactly what you thought. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um well, no, well, one thing you should know is that um and we're going to going to be doing this film at some point in the future i don't know when yet we have a, a, a contestant picked out for it but inception did that 
about two years previous where they take music and then during slow motion scenes slow down that music so that it takes on that uh, almost kind of slightly eerie slightly beautiful kind of feel to it and yeah they did it with with uh, Justin Bieber but I'm I'm pretty sure I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure Hans Zimmer was the f- Probably the first prominent use of that in a film. Well, I don't know if Justin Bieber did it himself. I think there's someone on YouTube oh, no, just no, 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 slowed no, no, it down. No, I know, I know. But what I'm just saying is that... Um, the, Maybe he did, I don't know. No, obviously it wasn't Justin Bieber. But I wasn't saying that. But I'm saying that um, the use of it on, in this film came two years after it was used very similarly in Inception. What year was Inception? 2010. Oh, okay. Because um, I checked that. Because I was like, you know, in my notes, but that's not to put it down at all. Yeah. I agree with you. I thought it worked fantastically. Um, it, it, that's kind of her theme because she has that earlier when she's in the bath as well, and she's in slow mo. Oh, it's did. the same music. Um, but I lo- I thought the slow mo worked in every scene, and I went back and I I listened and I watched those scenes again separately, and it's different music in different areas, and even like for example, they really do it very similar to. I, I don't want to spoil Inception for you because I know you haven't seen it, and we will be doing it in a later episode. But um, there remember when they do the breach, uh, when they it was you know when they break break into the room. And there's two guys doing oh, the uh, slow mo, yeah. yeah. And the song that's on the radio is what's the slow down, oh. yeah, uh, that they hear it slowed down. And then when we come back to Dread and Anderson's view, it, it speeds up again. And then go back to slow mo, it's the music slows down again. And it was done really, really well. I, uh, I really loved those slow mo scenes, and we'll go into them later in in more detail. Mm-hmm. But I thought they worked. It, it emphasized or helped emphasize the the slow mo effect fantastically and it worked really really well um, but I agree with you the music when she falls to her death that scene takes on this eerie beauty um, and it, it's a, it was a fantastic uh, visual but is that all like a music but yeah I, I summed it up with functional but not amazing it didn't get in the way of the film basically the exact same as uh, as um, the raid um, that's why I said I've, I I wasn't sure. This is one. Of the, this is the round in particular. I'm not sure where I'm gonna vote, but I'll let you vote first. Oh, I'm I'm going with Dread definitely for that uh, slow mo piece. Slow mo piece alone, uh, it takes it like without doubt. Yeah, it, that, <laughs> okay. that 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 alone just nailed it, like just easily because I thought for the most part both of them were just. Nothing special, but that like elevated Dread soundtrack like, to like a really high level. So for me, without doubt, Dread wins this. I'm gonna vote for Dread as well. I, I mean, and I agree for the exact same reasons as you. That slow mo music is by far the standout piece of music of both films combined. Yeah, that's a perfect way of summing it up. And um, and you know the bass techno worked well in both films. It did the job in both films. But that was the only kind of like piece of music that transcended the film that I would ever go back and listen to again. Like even if you look at like some of the films we've done already, and and again I'm saying that slow mo piece was amazing. Mm. But if you look at the general music in both of them, compared to like say Terminator or Batman or Robocop, like the music would have been at a, a much lower level. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like like the music isn't. Let's be honest. The music isn't why people watch the raid. Uh, the raid, <laughs> the raid or dread. Um, 
I'm getting as bad as you know. Um, but let's go, go on to what, why they do watch these movies. Action. And good action. It is good action. And it's round two. Um, so, The Raid. Um, so we start off again with the kind of very subtle, kind of little montage of, like I, I was talking about earlier in the music, a little montage of training intercut with home life to establish that he trains and has a home, I suppose. Um, but what I did like, actually, in the... And we, we already kind of mentioned this earlier, but uh, the van scene on travelling on the way to the um, the building <clears throat> was... um There's real tension building in, in, in that van, like especially there's, there's, there's one kind of, of the rookie cops and he's like kind of shaking. Mm. You can see that he's visibly nervous. And again, accentuates kind of what they're about to do. You know what they're gonna go go up against. Well, even like when when they're explaining who the people are, like um, uh, like Tama and his people, who yeah. they are, and then they cut to us. So they they're building up like how dangerous these guys are, and then it cuts to that scene where there's like four men in a line on yeah. their knees, and like he shoots three of them, and then like I was actually thinking in my head, I was like, whoever's on the end of that line has it worst because he has. The most had to process that he's going to die and what's about to happen, and then like the the trigger, he gets out bullets, and then he just goes and gets a hammer. So he had an even more brutal. At least when he gets shot, you're done in a second. I imagine a hammer, you know, it would last a bit longer, you know. Yeah. Um. So and, I think... and also like the fact that he leaves the gun sitting on his shoulder. You know, he leaves the gun sitting on his shoulder as he goes back to get more bullets, and then. He makes the decision to take the hammer instead, and we'll go into that a little bit more maybe in character. Just it would have been torturous for the last guy because like he's oh no, I agree. With waiting you. for the inevitable oh, much longer than the others. I I agree with you completely. I'm saying is yeah, like and and the fact that he left the gun on his shoulder, like would have added to the agony. oh. I was just kind of reiterating my point, more so than not thinking you weren't agreeing with me. Okay. Because we are we agree on everything. Well, that it seems yeah. to be the case. Um. Okay, so I. So I like then I like the kind of the slow build of action as they go in, kind of you know taking down the 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 guy, the security outside, choking them out, going into the room, and like what's so funny is when you look back, the scenes like the opening scenes there are like the cam before the storm, but they would be amazing action in other films, like if that's opening scene where they go in and take out a few a few guards as they move their way up the first couple of floors, like that would be like. Oh God! What a great action scene! But in this, it's like a throwaway nothing. I was like, oh, I mean, this is just fluff compared to what you're about to see. I loved that the scene where um, the kid he sees them and he calls like mm. police, and then you just see the bullet because yeah. the other the other kid's looking. You see the bullet just come through, um, in that slow motion and the blood. And you're just like, oh my! That was kind of the first like whoa kind of moment where it was like. Oh my god like yeah because it was just like crazy like, yeah know. it sets up it's a moment where you're like okay this is not a normal police uh, raid um you you know you don't just go around shooting kids and i you know even like jacka like screams at the lieutenant for like you know what the hell are you doing you see that it's like it had to be done like and you're like okay maybe it did you're not sure what mm. to think you know you're like okay this is this is, this is going to be this is going to be savage. I thought, like, I remember thinking, like, half an hour into it, I was like, 
I'm going to be bored for the last hour because I was just thinking like there's no way what came in the first 30 minutes that they'll be able to top that. <laughs> so I was kind of going, oh my God, like they, they kind of just like giving us too much too soon. Like they've peaked way too soon. I was just, that's why, why I was thinking of like, I think I remember you I'm going to get bored. At one point it was like, um, like, how is this only half an hour in or something like that? I remember you saying something like, there was some remark, you said something like that. And it was like, how is there over an hour left? <laughs> yeah, you did just kept like keeping the yeah that energy and that pacing and just 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 coughing up constant really really cool and engaging action scenes. Yeah, like, you just you just assumed that they were going to run out of run out of steam basically. Yeah, no, and like um like and, and but it uh, didn't happen. No, no, <laughs> and I think it and they did that that by utilizing different aspects so like for example when they when the kid first you know um rings the you know rings the alarm and so they now they're found out that they're in the building and then like when the like the lights go out and they remember they pan up from their view up through the dark and then up to the next floor on the balcony and then you see these figures appearing and with these like machine guns, and you realize, oh, they are effed. Mm. Um, and even then, remember that, that when they have it to. It takes on a horror element, like. But remember, they have to shoot the, the doorknob then, and you just see like a flash. It's in slow motion. You see a flashlight mm. for a second, so yeah. you see they're all visible, the whole yeah. squad. Uh, that was a, an amazing shot as well. And then you just see the, one of the shooters just slowly, you see the finger pulling on the trigger. Um, it was just a really interesting uh, visuals as well. To, yeah, you know, and it felt like it, felt, it felt like a war film at times. Like in that in that scene where they get massacred, where like most of the cops get taken out or a lot of cops get taken out, it felt like a war film. Like you know, you're watching like Band of Brothers or or, or you know, a Saving Private Ryan or something. That's what it reminded me of the bullet flying and the you know the, the wood and the dirt flying up. Like it really felt like a war film the way they were just pinned down. It's quite quite different. Uh, um. And like I really like that, um, you know, like there it starts off with guns, and then as bullets start running out, then they start moving on to weapons, and then it gets to hand to hand. You know, it was kind of they're just working the way, and that's another way of, of varying it up. Um, that like they're keeping it interesting. Do you remember then there was the the hallway kind of fight scene? So it's um Rama against that guy with the machete yeah. and those guys. And what I liked about that was there were so many moments where, like, they tried to, like, chop his leg off or, like, a knife was almost coming and he was always just getting out of the way in time. But there was that kind of, you were, like, on the edge of your seat, like, ah, you know, docker, get out of the way, or, you know, because you were so into it, into the fight scenes that, like, you were kind of worried for him, even though you kind of, you sensed he would get out of it, but you were still kind of that worry, you know, which I I, I enjoyed feeling that during it. Oh yeah, uh, completely. I mean, I think that that scene may be my favorite. I'm not sure. I think it was mine. But it was just so visceral, so fast, and like, because you know, like when you watch a lot of movies or, or and, and you see like a guy surrounded by four or five people, and you're like, why are you holding back? You know, like why is there like two guys going for him and then another two are waiting to take their place? It's like why don't you all go and surround him and take him out? Like what are you waiting for? Just waiting to be taken out so you can step forward to be killed as well. It's so clear. But in this, like they are swinging nonstop, and like you're like, there's no way he'll, he'll get out of this. But like he, 
the actor, I can't, I'm not sure what his name is, he is moving so fast. You're like, no, okay, he is. I mean, that guy is doing it. Like, and it's it it feels unbelievable, but yet believable at the same time. Obviously, it's exaggerated. People don't fight like that in real life. But you don't care. You just you're in it, and you you like you're saying like you're you know you're you're waiting for him to be hit, but you know he won't be hit. But you're like, how can he not be hit? But he needs, does this move. And but you know what I loved as well in in this and a, and a lot of the other fight scenes as well is the way the camera moves with the action. Um, like th- there's a scene, there's a couple of times where it goes above with him, but like when he like. Like he'll swerve to you know get out of the way and the camera will like swerve with him and it feels like the camera is almost trying to get out of the way as well and it really is such a I've I don't think I've seen it really done before and it really took me like almost more into it like I was just so involved in the fight scenes um I loved um just on that hallway scene as well when there's like a, do- a hole emerges in the door <laughs> like, so this is kind of a uh, kind of sh- sharp, kind of ragged on the uh, bottom, and he basically does an X factor. <laughs> For those who don't know wrestling, it was a finishing move of uh, X Pac, but that's exactly what he did onto yeah, it. Yeah, and you just see it go through his, I think it was his neck or his throat or something, and I was just like, oh my god! And it was so quick again. He just pulled him really quick to just finish him, get him out of there, it, out of the it's, way. It's um, you know what this was in wrestling terms it was a bit of a spot fest <laughs> <laughs> but it it, it 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 had proper storytelling in his fighting as well um but um do you remember where the guy could jumps down and then just as he's in midair he gets like bear hugged like out a window yeah that was just like just yeah brutal oh <laughs> yeah yeah no and but it was satisfying in a way oh well. it was but i have to say it was one of the, it was probably one of the few bits that kind of annoyed me a little bit where where i was taking it and i was like uh. so one was like when you fall down like two three stories like you're going to be in serious agony and not going to be able to fight the way you fight zero but i let that one slide because that's in every action film but <clears throat> the bit that really annoyed me was not really annoyed me i just i was like uh, well, why not just be consistent so it's like when Every earlier in the film, remember when like the cops go over to the window, the other cops go to the window, and they're taken up by the snipers straight away, like done, done. Like there's like there is no reprieve. The second you show your face near a window, you're dead. He's lying down outside the window, and like there's maybe thirty bullets shot, not a single one hits him. Then he jumps in through the window, and like still no one's hitting him. Then he stands up inside, you know, inside the window, completely in shot, and again no one hits him. And I was just like. You est- why establish that the snipers are such hot shots earlier on if it felt like he had plot armor, you know, mm. where he should have died there. And like, you don't have to do that. Like have them maybe have him get hit in the leg or something in the arm. He jumps in, ducks down and like, OK, yeah, no, that's fine. He got hit. He got grazed. You know, they, they hit him, but they didn't kill him. It's not a mortal wound. He can still fight on and be amazing. I, I also loved the bit where, you know, they're hiding in that kind of wall thing, him and the injured guy. Oh. And then the machete just coming in and getting closer, closer, and then and just slices his cheek. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, like another fraction of an inch further in, and he was like. But I, I love that moment where he pulls it back out. He, but he wipes the blood off, so mm. he uses his glove to clean the blood off of the machete because mm. if he sees blood in the he machete, knows he knows something. they're in there. Yeah. So he has to do that. He has to think on his feet. But like it's, I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. Like that's full blown horror. That that, that mm. scene was absolute yeah, horror. And, sa- and same earlier with the machete guy when he's stalking Jacka 
and the lieutenant and a couple other cops and he's tapping the tiles. Yes. You know, again, like it was, that was that was full mm. monster movie horror. Like, you know, that was a stalker, you know, a slasher horror film. It, it, it had a lot of very differing moments in between the just like unbelievable, ridiculously choreographed fight scenes in the hallways mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but you remember also uh, that shot, I think it was just after the second hallway one where he he throws the guy off the balcony, snaps his back. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it was just like, was... it looked amazing. <laughs> it's yeah. weird didn't how... Didn't he flip him? Because he was hiding underneath him, so when he leaned out, I think he pulled him, didn't he? No, 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 he just throws him out. He just flips yeah. him. Like, he does, like... Um... I thought he pulled him from underneath. Like, he was looking above. And no, then... I feel like he kind of just runs with him and just, like, throws him over. Yeah. I could we, be wrong. We've been thinking of a different part. Um, you know, remember when he lands on the balcony? Basically. Yeah, and his back snaps. yeah. yeah. Because there were two kind of moments. There was that when he back snaps in the one area you were talking about where he does the X the mm. um the X factor onto the door. <laughs> um but then yeah, so then we go on to um okay, so then we go on to the mad dogs fight scene with Jacka. We we're talking about earlier with the lack of music. Mm. Um I, I didn't think this one stood out as much. I thought it, it worked, but it it was one of the few that I felt I mean, I think it was important to establish how good Mad Dog was before we get to the end. But it didn't. It felt a little samey to me. I guess it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it felt like more like a real fight. In some it, ways. No, it did. It did. Yeah, I thought that as well. I mean, like again, like you're kind of nitpicking because like the choreography in that fight scene is fantastic, and you know, like when he when he catches Mad Dog and and with the leg and swings him into the into the wardrobe or or press whatever it was, um, you know it. It, like it, it was all excellent. It was just I felt a little like I've kind of I've seen this already in this movie, but um, I foolishly hoped that Jammer would win. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no. I I was sad to see him go as well, to be honest. But um, <clears throat> it, it had to happen. Um, but I, I yeah, and then and then we go on to the drug den scene. And like the pace of that, like I remember that remember that bit where he's on the table and the two guys are sprinting him and he's sprint Rama is sprinting at this the kind of red tracksuited guy, and the, the fight they have on the table, oh, just that whole scene. Well, that like in the kitchen, kind of was like a kind of kitchen. Yeah, we're yeah. we we're doing all the drugs. Yeah, you know, yeah, mixing yeah. all the drug, cutting all the drugs and all that. You know, banging and all that. So. It just to be honest, there was so many scenes that I like I couldn't. I was trying to remember yeah. one. I I had a few, but to something like that one that just it just didn't. Um, it didn't come to me when I was listening because there was so many. Was so okay, many well, we'll go. We'll move on to the last scene, which you surely didn't uh, forget, the two-on-one after the torture scene. I, yeah, I was surprised that he um, that he let. I guess that's more in the character thing, but I, I was often expecting that he just like the two of them, you know. Well, it makes sense. Well, when, when, when we go into a character, but I, I think it makes sense. We'll go into that in character though. But what did you think of the scene in general, like the, the choreography, the, the the fighting in that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think just at that stage, <clears throat> I'm not gonna say I was bored, but I think at that stage I was just saturated by so much yeah. fight scenes that maybe if it had come earlier, it might have I might have thought it was better. But just there was so much happening at that stage. I know I said that about thirty minutes, in, I thought I'd be bored. I wasn't bored during it, but I just. I think at that stage it had peaked, it had got as good as it could get in terms of action. And yeah, I'm not saying the, that fight scene was bad by any means, but just I think that once we had got there, it was kind of 
you, you knew the end was coming as well. And I was waiting for what would happen with um with uh, Tama, the, the the head. Yeah. The head um the Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt that as well with you, that, that it had peaked and we were kind of and I kind of felt a little bit with, as I was saying earlier with the, the Jacka versus Mad Dog fight. But I, I felt it had, it was funny, I in the torture scene fight. So that I love the build up, like I love just the kind of again I was saying with the music area that ringing, but also just kind of the fact that they they separate, they walk away, almost like you know, like a western, like a jewel where they walk ten mm. paces and then turn back and fight. You know, it was like it was a fight of honor. You know, mm. um, I but, do the crazy bit was when they had that like was it glass something like in his neck and he still yeah, I, I was, yeah. came back. Yeah, and like, oh my see, God. so for me, I I felt like it, it it was doing really well. It felt it dragged a little too long, but then after he stabbed in the neck. It got like a second wind, or I got a second wind, and I got really mm. into it again. And mm. I, and then it kind of, I feel like at We're that sure moment, how, 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 after him still fighting on, I felt it, it that tr- transcended it then into like an epic fight scene. And I felt it was worthy of the final fight scene of the movie. Um, and I loved like the tag team finisher in the end as well. Um, so I, I, I agree, I agree with you mostly, and I thought that it was kind of felt like we'd already. We were just drained, but then after that kind of that adrenaline rush of seeing him fight on with a piece of glass sticking into his neck, it just felt like it kind of went up the next level again. That was needed, because otherwise it would have just been samey. But um, I can see the argument of why you know you would say it had already peaked at that stage. Mm. But I mean, it's yeah, it's action peaking <laughs> at a ridiculous level. Mm. Um, but yeah, standards were set so high. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, dread. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to dread. Um. So we start off with um. I thought a fantastic the kind of motorbike chase scene. It's one mm. thing I liked about dread, in, in just in comparison not to to the raid is that we had maybe a little more mix of action, different mm-hmm. types of action yeah. going on, more variety. Um. Even though we, as we already said, the raid had great variety within its scenes. They were all. I mean, a vast majority was hand to hand, and then early on, kind of, uh, you know, automatic weapons. They all seem to be the same kind of fighters, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. This this felt genuinely kind of a little more, maybe a little more realistic, even mm. though it's a you know post apocalyptic you know the, world. And, the and scene with early on, so when when Madeline's in with those guys, and and they're like, "What well, we do with them?" and she's like. Just like whatever, skin them, or and then and yeah. and before they throw them off the balcony, you see the height, and you're just like, oh my, because I I'm scared of heights, like so. I'm like, oh <laughs> so my god, can we stop green? Yeah, uh, I thought it was great though, and I really, but it really kind of captured, you know, just how terrified you would be before being thrown over that. Yeah. Uh, I thought that is uh, early on was an amazing. Yeah, and, and then like, and I loved the way that they have the inhaler like falling in slow motion and then they just cut to this this mother and her child walking along and then there's just like wallop of meat hitting the ground mm. and the juxtaposition of the beautiful you know the angelic sound and and the slow and just the kind of enchanting scene and the saturated colors and then just bare reality blood exploding mm. in a really horrific way like um I, very powerful, very, very, very jarring. I, I, I think my favorite action scene in it though was when you touched on it earlier, but when Dread and uh, the rookie Anderson, Anderson 
uh, break into the apartment yeah. and you just see bullets flying blood flying people flying <laughs> through the air yeah. in slow motion it just looked incredible yeah if that for me was was my favorite moment of yeah yeah i agree and I, I loved well i agree that there was a fantastic scene um i loved as well like the oversaturation of all the colors and so like they were using these visual elements as well as kind of the slow motion to kind of i think to hammer home or to get across the idea that on slow-mo on the drug all your senses are heightened so you're seeing things almost like sub or, or sorry as um like above human level, level, level. Um, it's like a dissection almost or something. Yeah, but it just like everything is heightened and, and you, everything is more visceral. That's what I mean. Like you're looking at things um, with a more uh, pronounced visual. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Uh, no, and I, th- I, th- I thought it did a great job of portraying how this drug might be experienced, you know. Um, yeah, I thought it was fascinating. And also I really liked in that scene is that we see in that slow motion we see Anderson freeze as well. Um, you see this this shot of her of her face and she looks like a deer in headlights. Mm. Remember before they go in and he says <clears throat> he says you don't look ready and she wasn't. And mm. after when it ends and she's shaking and it reminded me of the the cop in um in the raid in the van at the very start of the raid and he's shaking and she was shaking there and he had to like, you know. You wake up basically. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you, have to, you get her. To yeah, get I think we get into that when when we get to the characters. Yeah, characters. Yeah, but it was just it, it was a it yeah. was a good part of that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so again, it's, it, it is bizarre. It is bizarre, and this is why we picked these two, or I picked these two films. Um, it's bizarre how similar they are. So, like you know, you have the cops climbing the building, or the judges in this case. So then they they're discovered the building the go both slow motion yeah. when the building is locked down, then the uh head you know, gangster, you know, mob leader tells or forces all the residents to attack the judges in the building. Um and you can really see where people were like, Wow, these are so similar. Mm-hmm. Um I loved oh, I loved actually and <clears throat> this film reminded me of Robocop. I have a thing about dread that I'll. I'll yeah, well, I have to. I have an interest. Can we? This is ridiculous now, but we'll get there for, with character. But um, when the flashbang scene, you know, when he's counting out, you have ten seconds to comply. Mm. I mean, like, I just thought of Ed two oh nine. You have five seconds to comply, you know, and I was just like, Which? I mean, this is. I mean, that had to be a reference. I'm sure it was just a glitch. <laughs> it had to be a reference. It had to be a reference. I I I thought that was great. Um, but remember the, the 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 bit where the so the doors are, when she makes the announcement, the doors are closing down, and it just crushes oh, the this guy. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. brutal. Well, I get was great in the film, but yeah, 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 you were, no, but, yeah. but you're just like, oh my well, god. Well, you feel for him because yeah. he's just you know just a, a harmless homeless guy. He wasn't doing anything wrong. Um, but then we go on to say maybe like the Gatling gun scene where they're firing those massive machine guns mm. Gatling guns as they were called and just like blowing the hole through 
like destroying a whole like, floor, mm-hmm. like killing everyone mm-hmm. who's a, who's a resident. And they didn't care who was who was going to mm-hmm. be killed. Well, she started. Uh, Madeline started to take over the shooting. Look, she was kind of observing first, yeah. and then she took one of them. And... Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought just. I mean, it wasn't an amazing scene, but I thought it, it worked well. But. Um, but I loved when Dredd came back. So when they go out of the building and they come back in and like he, he just cat, catches one of her guys and just flings him over the balcony and then just stares her down and then just turns and walks back. And it was just one of those like, you know, I was saying you know, cool guys don't look at explosions. Well, in this was cool guys don't look at falling bodies. <laughs> you know, And it was just like, OK, well, this is what I'm dealing with. I think for that, for her, that was a moment where she's like, "Okay, I'm mm. up against something different here." Well, they were just on her death. The shot of her face hitting the ground. Yeah, and just like the, the, the. I wasn't expecting to see that, to be honest. But it was again an amazing shot. The whole day, that whole scene yeah. was amazing. That, that was one of the probably my favorite part, possibly the whole film was yeah, that scene it, it was, with Dread and, it, and Madeline. It, it was. And it was such a. As I said earlier, with the music, bizarrely, eerily beautiful scene. It's horrific. And especially because, you know, we established earlier in the film how awful a torture it is that because you experience moments, you know, way longer when you're on slow-mo and she skins them and tosses them out, maybe the fifth story or something. And then he to- he does, he tosses her out of, I'm not sure what the story, maybe the, what, 30 or 40 or something. Like she falls forever, mm. and it must have felt like forever to her. <laughs> and it was real poetic justice, you know, yeah. exactly what she deserved. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, there are a couple of other fight scenes, but we don't have to go into everything. I did like the um, the dread when he, you know, the uh, corrupt judges come in, and there was a great hand to hand scene with one of the the kind of the leader of the judges. Yeah, and you kind of feel like they might be on a similar level to him as well. Yeah, so you feel like. They posed a a real threat, a real threat to him. Yeah, I thought they were introduced at just the right moment when you needed to up the ante, mm-hmm. and and it worked very well. Um, and even like some of the the throwaway kind of um cheesy lines, like uh, or something like choking, and it was like choke on that after he crushes oh, his yeah. windpipe. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but I thought it worked. I thought it worked. Um, so verdict on round two. Um, oh, there's one final thing before we go on to our, our, our votes. Um, what I loved actually about the final kind of, you, you know, when after Anderson and him regroup and they let Donald Gleason's character go mm. and then they go in in the final assault. Um, I like the fact that it was Who's relative. Donald the guy with the banana guys. He's Brendan Gleason's son. Which guy? The guy with the long hair was controlling oh, all the computers oh, with the bionic guys. Okay. Remember Anderson lets him go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so after that, after they go in and they go into um Mama's uh like base, or you know her her room, like it's relatively short that fights, mm-hmm. uh, you know that fight scene. Like they didn't stretch it out, and I felt they could have stretched it out. He goes up to her, he's like, you know, you're gonna die, and she's like, oh, well, I have a bomb, I, I don't care, and shoots her in the stomach, and then just catches her, and, tr- and is like, I'm gonna hope that it, the signal won't travel all the way up through all this concrete. I think so he I, had a strong sense uh, of Yeah, no, obviously he, he was very intelligent and he, he, because he, he was always one step ahead of everybody. Mm. But um, I love the fact that like, it didn't go on for, you know, half an hour. Mm. It was over relatively quickly and I was kind of, it was quite refreshing that it didn't drag it out when they could have. I was just glad. I think 
what I liked about what Dread did and the raid didn't do this was that there was a showdown between the main protagonist and the 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 leader of the of the villains. Mm. You know, we never got that really in uh, in the raid. But we did get it in Dread, which it's was true. I suppose in in a way, what we got instead was him versus Mad Dog. In a way, that was kind of the yeah. But, the, I, I, but you're I, I right. Wanted them, I wanted them to have a showdown as well. Sure, we sure. That. You know, you know, you're right. You're right. Uh, that's a fair point. Um, okay, I think we're ready to vote. Yeah. So, um, what did you vote for, Liam? Uh, I think like, Dread had like, some moments that like when it really hit its mark, the uh, the action was done really really well. But I think the raid, probably had more memorable moments, or maybe it was more consistent with its top drawer action moment so I would give the action to the raid I agree <laughs> the raid the raid wins uh, Dread is a fantastic action film I hadn't seen this film before uh, we watched it for this episode even though I'd had it on Blu-ray since it came out basically um, I remember seeing Dread or, or, or sorry no, did I say I hadn't seen the raid Dread, you said. Okay, no, I hadn't seen Dread. Yes, I'd seen the raid. I loved the raid, and I'd heard the comparisons with Dread. Even like straight away when it came out, and a lot of my friends who had who had recommended Dread to me, and that's why I bought the Blu-ray. But I just never got around to watching it, not for mm-hmm. any specific reason. I just never did. Um, but I I thought it was an excellent, excellent film. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought the action was fantastic, but, and this is true of probably pretty much any film I've ever seen. The action wasn't as good as the raid. Uh, the action in the raid is is just ridiculous. It, it's it's kind of you you run out of superlatives really mm. when you start talking about this. But it's just like, it's like, it's, it's the best. Yeah, I, I think it's the best fighting I've ever seen in a film. Um, and yeah, there was, even though dread was fantastic, there's there's no way it, what, the raid wasn't going to win there. So it is to all once again. Final um what's the term? I always get the term. It's like uh Crucial. Yeah, or it's like a yeah, crucial countdown conundrum. Yeah, I was I was saving that for a week, but it's fine. You can you can take it. Um yeah, it is. It is a crucial countdown conundrum. It is uh round three and it's characters. This is usually kind of the the deciding ones because it usually seems to be the one that we go into the most uh... mm. yeah so let's see if it's uh, the case this week the raid there are none okay so on to dread um... <laughs> can I have my piece first <laughs> <laughs> go on you start um, okay well with Rama I will say that like he was easy to get behind and I feel he was probably one of maybe two people in the film that actually were likeable as as in were not, you know, were, was, a, was a good guy. You know, I think him and the captain, uh, Jaka, were like the only two characters in the film uh, that actually had like redeeming qualities, I thought. Uh, well, maybe no, but maybe you have yeah, the but, guy... But, but, but beating redeeming uh, qualities doesn't mean that like, you can still be interesting characters even if they're scumbags. Oh, no, of course, of course. I, I'm just saying that that was one of the things I liked about him was he was easy to get behind because he was the main character. Yeah, well, he's a protagonist. I mean, yeah. you're always going to get Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's, saying what, what I liked about it about the character um, I, like for example do you know when, when the guy the guy gets injured uh, Bowo I think is his name but he starts yeah, getting into the face of that that, like that, yeah. that guy who's like trying to get medicine for his wife mm. and 
and Rama kind of steps in and is like Joy tells him tells the guy look you will get them you'll get to see your wife you'll get the medicine to your wife because I think he kind of saw a bit of himself in that situation because he obviously had a wife waiting for him and a child coming as well so I think he kind of saw a bit of that maybe I, I don't know I kind of like that it was a nice little nice little touch added maybe a bit more weight to his point of view where he was coming from um, he actually reminded me a little bit of, just just on a side, a side thing but do you know Miguel from Cobra Kai so <laughs> isn't he like an older version of Miguel like his older brother or something like, maybe I don't know but like isn't like this guy's Indonesian and Miguel is yeah, I don't no, know I don't know uh, so, so um, um, okay uh, I, Rama I'll be honest I wrote down I mean obviously we, we've established I think he's an amazing uh, fighter is he singer. is Rama the fittest guy in the history of life I don't know <laughs> I mean how did he keep yeah. on being able I, I, to you know that like um, um, oh, what's the director's name Jones is it Evan Jones uh I yeah, I think it, I think it's yeah the director anyway. Um, he he discovered the, I can't remember, I don't know any of the actors' names unfortunately I'm afraid but the guy who played Rama he discovered him. Uh, he was just like, I think he was just like a postman. Jeez. When he discovered him, uh, he was like he was you know what, did martial what arts. What a find! <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I pretty much yeah he just did he did martial arts and he's you know in his mm. own time but he was just like a regular postman or something like that. And he found him and he put him into the film he did before this. Um, and then um, then he, he decided he wanted to star, you know, have him star in this film. But um, yeah, I, look, I'll be honest, as a, from a character standpoint, yeah. I have, has a wife and a baby, has a brother he wants to bring home, can fight. I mean, that that is basically it. Like he, there's, there's no character progression. Do, uh, this is, like, just, he doesn't learn anything. Yeah, I'll just go on my point of what I've seen is the fittest guy in history. They did have at one moment, at least, you know, where they're trying to get into the apartment, the guy who we helped earlier. And Joey say, you see he's kind of pleading, let us in, they're going to kill us. It was almost like, that was one moment where you see he was almost at the end of his tether. And like, he really was feeling the, you know, physical excursions of what he had to been doing for the yeah, hours, no, you know. it's important. That was one little to... moment that was nice. Yeah, I thought that was was good to show. Like, you know, he's not Superman. He's close to it, but he's not quite Superman. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it, it is very much needed to to show people breathing and struggling in between fights. Yeah, but but, um, but I agree. Like for the most part, there wasn't much of a character at all. No, I mean, Jacka, he's loyal. He can fight. He but, was likable as well. Though, yeah, but like, but yeah, yeah, he's loyal. Like, yeah, Mad Dog. He's crazy, and uh, I guess he's like no fear. He's just like this vicious animal. Hence the name, yeah, I guess. He likes fighting with his bare hands. I, I did like. I, I did really like though with Jacka. We were talking about earlier. We, um, so like when he goes into Jacka, like and he has the gun on Jacka, and Jacka has the knife, and I'm like, why isn't he just shooting him in the face? Mm-hmm. And he puts the on Jacka puts down the knife, and then they walk in, and he puts down the gun. And then he's like, I, I, uh, I don't want, I don't want to use, I don't like using guns. It's like getting takeout. And then that's when you see, okay, so this guy lives for the thrill of fighting hand to hand combat and obviously killing with his bare hands as well. And and that's also why, in the torture scene later, he wants to challenge himself against two fighters. Like he's already seen, he's been watching the cameras as well. He's seen what what uh, Rama can do. He he can see that he's an amazing fighter. But he also probably knows, I can beat him. But could I beat both of them come together? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But he wants to find out. And I do like that. About, uh, that, that, that was an interesting character trait. It was a nice little thing as well, the way he kind of like, 
he often wouldn't even say a word. He'd just gesture yeah. with the gun or his hand. I thought that was, um, you know, he added kind of a real element to his character as well. That he's very just, <coughs> just how much he felt he was in control of the situation. Just a little gesture. You yeah, know. actually, it's yeah. Kind of creepy. Yeah, you no, know? yeah. And when you say that, actually, when I'm saying he's crazy, he's not really crazy. He's actually quite controlled. He's just, um, I mean, just in his he fighting. lives for, yeah. for, for fighting. Yeah, it's a thrill to him. Like, he wants yeah. that physical contact. But, but he's not out of control really at any point. He's actually very methodical in, in how he approaches situations. He doesn't, he'll, he'll assess, no, 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 I want to fight this hand. I, this guy is worthy of a fight. Other people, he'll just shoot or whatever because there's no need. And then Tama, um, he's got a great voice. <laughs> like just <laughs> He the, does have a great voice. Yeah. I, I thought that as well. When he made the announcement. Yeah. I, one thing I loved, so you think, well, yeah. it, just, it was low, slow and commanding. Yeah. Which I liked. Yeah. I think from that announcement, you get the sense that he doesn't need to be angry. He doesn't need to shout. Everybody is already terrified of him. Mm. And the, when he speaks, everybody listens. It's kind of effortless commanding. It even, yeah. it even reminded me a little bit, Joe, when he says, like, you know, kill the squad and you've, like, free, you can live here free of charge. It reminded me a little bit of when Joker tells Batman, take off your mask or I'm going to kill... I'm going to kill whatever a person tonight. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Just how effortlessly he can turn the tables. Just mm. one little yeah. announcement. But yeah, but uh, uh, what we were talking about earlier about the... Remember the hidden introduction scene where he's shooting the guys in the back of the head or kneeling mm -hmm. down in his office? And when he reaches for the hammer. Mm -hmm. Like, there are bullets in that drawer. Mm. Like, he could easily have gotten a bullet and yeah. put in the gun and shot him. He didn't. He's like, time. oh, here's a chance yeah. to be even more brutal, more sadistic punish him even more like he's clearly just a vile human being just a truly horrendous person but it's interesting as well as like you know then when the lieutenant you know like tells him his plan and like basically you know and he knows he's about to die he's laughing like he doesn't care like he doesn't seem to be phased by you know being about to die or whatever like he's again i thought i would have liked to have seen a, a confrontation between tama and rama yeah, no, I can. That was one I, thing. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed about that. That's, that's a fair point. That. That's a fair point. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think. Look, I think we've we've tried to kind of <laughs> yeah. put we've, something we've, to I'm the characters. We've got we've gotten this much out of it to be honest. Yeah. Um. So Andred, I don't know who you want to do first. I think maybe Momo. Yeah, she's the one I've least on. Madeline. Madeline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't mind. Yeah. Okay, so again, like Tama, she is sadistic and inhuman. Like we see that, as we were saying earlier, when she orders the guys to be skinned and then dumped over. I mean, what a, I know she, she has a message, but just what, what a needlessly horrific uh, uh, decision to make. Like there wasn't, like even giving them slow-mo and throwing them off is torture enough. It's a symbol to anybody else and, you know, they're dying horrifically, but to skin them as well, like that's just a level of what? What's her real name again? Because I know she played Cersei in Game of Thrones as well. Uh, Lena Headey. Yeah, she has like the greatest expressions for just being a horrendous person I've ever seen. Because <laughs> I mean, Cersei was amazing, but in that film as well, it was amazing. Just any time she gave an expression, it was just like you could just see what she was thinking, what she was feeling. Just amazing. Her, yeah. her physical, her facial expressions, some of the best facial expressing 
acting, <laughs> facial expressive acting I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I agree that I think that she's a she's a phenomenal actress. I mean, we've we've seen that in Game of Thrones, we've seen that here. But I have to say, I don't think that a whole lot to Madeline. Like, I don't know. I I, I mean, I liked before. her in the film, but I didn't feel like I we learned a lot about her. Well, we did learn that like she was was the, that she had like a really bad experience with a pimp or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was uh, thinking to myself, like something horrendous must have happened to her. Well, her face. The, she was yeah, slashed well, yeah. her face. But that, that 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 she would become so ruthless and take charge in the manner in which she did to get to the top and whatever she's like head of the city when it comes to the scumbags. Like something really horrendous must have happened to her. I thought that was interesting. Like that, what drove her to be so sadistic and so ruthless and something with that experience with the pimp whatever happened um it must have been horrendous i, I thought that was interesting um yeah no me. no I, uh, I didn't think she was uninteresting i just thought no, but I did. in the computer you can feel like that kind of how dominant she is and over him and everyone else so he's living in fear of her like so she kind of just kind of you know just stands holds over the blade, him. holds the blade to his stomach yeah, and, well, and yeah, also she's yeah. the one who clawed his eyes out mm. To put in the um the synthetic eyes into his head, mm. um, but again, kind of like Tama, she's like a dominant figure without effort. When she gives her announcement to all, you know, have all the judges killed, it's kind of it's uttered in that kind of controlled manner. It's like she's really, and she's really aware of her control and the control she has. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of my yeah, no, yeah, no. I mean, I, I thought she was good, I and I liked it that she had a showdown with Dread. I liked the showdown. <laughs> I did as well. That we didn't get in, in the raid. Um, are we going to Anderson? Are we going to Anderson? The rookie. I, I actually just wrote the rookie because I couldn't remember her, her <laughs> real name. Like, I just wrote down the rookie. Yeah, so um, I liked her progression in the film. Um, you know, we start off with, she. we know that she's a rookie with mutant powers. She's very idealistic. You know, she like he, when he, Dredd asked her, like, why did you join the force or join the judges? And and she's like, you know, I grew up in a terrible area and I want to uh, make a difference. And he, he is, he is, I think it's the first moment where he's impressed by her. Mm. He's like, uh, and he says um, noble or something like that or honorable or something like that. But he, he, even early in the film, you know, when, when he's quizzing her about like, um, was it like uh, peach, peach trees? Peach tree, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a... Whatever location or little city or area. Yeah, but that that was the that was the mega was the, block yeah, that they were in. Yeah, and like you see, she's like, it's kind of like it's where the judges come from. It's like this kind of establishment that's built where like you have like perfection is all that is expected. You know, there's to be no mistakes, no little chink in the armor. Like everything yeah. you need to know it seems to be perfect. Because even when she does give all this information, he's almost reluctant to kind of praise her. Yeah, you know. Because I think it's just, it's expected, well, yeah, you know it and you should know it. So that's what yeah, I'm expecting. Yeah, very much so, yeah. He's very matter-of-fact. Mm. Um, but, but even they established that, like, one in five of rookies die on the mm. first day. Yeah. Um, so it's a very brutal world that she's going into. But she kind of brought a nice kind of contrast from Dread, where she's coming in with this kind of, you know, trepidation. And you see, you even alluded to, alluded to it earlier, like that we see her at times kind of the nerves and mm. kind of, unsure of herself and even fear in the situation yeah compared to Dredd where he's just he's aware of what needs to be done and he carries it out with you know extreme efficiency yeah like she's the classic audience surrogate mm. so like you know we go in we don't know we don't know the world but 
and Dread knows the world, but she's the one who's kind of learning as she goes. So as she learns, we learn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a classic trope of, of how to establish a world and allow the audience to learn along with the character. But there was even the great, like, um, conflicting moment for her. So, like, she's kind of, as it goes on, she's learning you have to be kind of more rootless and to, to you know, complete the task at hand. But, you know, when they went to that apartment mm. and the woman lets them in and she's saying, I'll, I'll, I won't tell them you're there because I want, my husband is on this floor. And she knows, like Anderson knows that her husband has been killed. Yeah, it was only as she's leaving she sees yeah. the photo. Yes, I'm saying. She, yeah, she but that was a really good moment because it, it was, kind of yeah. showed that again, that conviction because she's getting to the stage where she's kind of trying to be more ruthless and more, I wouldn't say ruthless, but more efficient in the job. And then she has to kind of just not tell her, you know, that she knows, well, your husband's dead. I thought it was a, it was a good moment for it, her it, character. It was, I agree. Um, like, and another scene I really loved with her was the interrogation of K. Mm-hmm. Or was it K or J? It's K, I think, isn't it? Can't remember. Um, you know, we, we, anyway, the, I remember the scene, but I can't remember the, the drug dealer that they have yeah, kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's K. Um, yeah, it was a, that interrogation scene where like she goes into his head and he's like, you know, he's kind of put off and then she makes it look like he has taken control of the situation, but then she takes it back. I mean, she never lost control. She mm-hmm. knew exactly what she was doing from the start, but I like the way she kind of played possum almost. And like, he's like, oh, my, my, my messed up head versus your messed up head. Mine's going to win. And, it, but then it absolutely does not. <laughs> she destroys him. What kind and, of rootlessness in a different way. Yeah. And, and you wonder like, is there a sense, because that's their visuals in her head. You wonder, is there, like, what has she seen in her life? You know, is she maybe more messed up? Does she have a kind of a dark past or something like that? So, like, and then, like, she, like, literally leaves him on his knees, peeing himself. You know, there's, like, a trail coming out of him as she gets the information. Like, she's driving him to, like, an infant state. Mm. Um yeah, no, I thought that that was a good moment to show that there's kind of a lot of resolve in her as well. Yeah, the only thing I so saw at the end, then like she does she does she leave? Like is she? Is she well, 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 you kind of jump on a little bit further because there's I think there's some important moments, but we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. I just want to get a couple of bits first. So, um, so remember when like after she comes in and and dread stalling and she saves him. Mm. and he says to her and they kind of reload all their guns for the final mm. assault and he says to her ready and she says yeah and he's like you look ready and that is a huge moment because remember you said earlier that Judge Dredd doesn't give praise easily mm. and like and he said remember before the breach she's like you don't look ready and maybe doesn't she say like something about 90 percent ready or something 99 percent ready and he said something along those lines or something and he's like well that's still not enough basically or something like that she says something about 99% sure and he's like no but no not, not in this scene no not that but earlier I'm just saying in, in contrast to him saying then oh okay you sorry, look ready yeah, yeah you know yeah no yeah it was a huge moment and I thought I really liked that and then also like when like she goes into Dolan Gleason and like the sentence should be I think death but um she sees in his head that he was a victim mm-hmm. he was innocent he was being forced to do this by uh, mama all the time and so she lets him go knowing that it would be an automatic fail for her even though uh, well she already lost her weapon and she know and so then yeah so then she so she knows in her head she believes she's already failed but she still will go on with dread on the final assault she mm-hmm. could turn and go there you know what i mean like mm-hmm. but like she's staying with the task at hand knowing 
as far as she's concerned, that she's failed. Uh, um, he does say at the end that she passed. Yeah. 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 So then, yeah, so at the end then, and I, I love the fact that like, um, she walks away again, believing that she's failed. She doesn't complain. She doesn't, she doesn't have a go at it. She accepts, you know, and I feel like kind of that moment to him is like absolute confirmation that I made the right decision. Like she's not going to throw a hissy fit. She is tough as nails and, uh, She's come through a really tough day um, and survived it and, and you know, come out stronger on the other side. And I think and I, I've never actually read the comics. I mean, I'm very I, I'm aware of uh, 2080. I've obviously heard of Judge Dredd, but I've never read any of the comics. I think I read one. I read Batman versus Judge Dredd, I think it was something like that, but uh, which is quite fun. But I've never really I don't really know much of the, the world from think the comic you will, perspective. After watching the film? I'd definitely be interested in checking it out. I've always been interested in checking it out. I just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. There's so many great comics to get into. And uh, there's so many, I mean, there's, like, they've been printing it since, I think, the 70s. So, like, there's, you know, it's a lot of comics to read and find and get it and find the good story arcs versus the bad story arcs. But, so, I'm very much coming at this just from a film gore perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I could see that in this you know, Dredd and Anderson would be partners going on. If, unfortunately, they never did make a, a sequel. I would love to have seen a sequel, but um, I thought she was, I thought she was an excellent character. Yeah, I think she was, she was a really important component that played off Dredd mm-hmm. really well. But uh, speaking of uh, Dredd. Speaking of the man himself. Him. Uh, he's Robocop. Yeah, he is Robocop. He is, to me, what, if, if, you know, Robocop, when he becomes Murphy again, like 20 years later, where he's become a lot more humanized, hmm. this is what he'd be. Yeah. No, I just, even just the way he speaks, kind of the way he presents himself, it's all very or matter of fact. the face is showing. Yeah. But I, I, I got to say about that, I love the costume. I love yeah. the helmet. And he's got like one of the coolest voices I've ever heard <laughs> in a film. The voice is so cool. Uh, and I was really glad that he never took off the helmet. I think it would have taken. That's a famous thing in the comics. Like he's never taken the helmet off, and that's why one of the reasons really why glad the comic fans hated the Stallone version. In because he takes off the helmet, I think like the Stallone version. Yeah, in the nineties. That's what the joke was at the start. I didn't get Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It was it was it was panned horrifically by by critics and by 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 uh, by fans. He takes off his helmet like fifteen minutes in, and then doesn't put it back on until the third act, and that's for a few minutes apparently. Like, which is a huge. I mean, in the in the entirety of the comics, he's only taken his helmet off of once, and the panel was censored, so we never see his face. Mm. Um, but even going going on that, like the the we were saying, like oh, he's like Robocop, or he's matter of fact, kind of about how he uh, presents himself, how he how he speaks, but even how he says things, like so. Yeah. He, you know, like. He he doesn't hold back on, on he doesn't sugarcoat anything like when he's when he's talking with Anderson like you know about I, actually I found the quote it's like uh, you can't she says like a ninety nine percent sure and he's like you can't execute a plan on ninety nine percent sure yeah you know so everything has to be one hundred percent correct in yeah. how you very by the book very no hold execute the plans yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's also ruthless as well he is yeah. Um, like he he's really I mean like and this is but a he's huge... a product of the establishment as well that yeah, he but, is part of but what's really interesting about this film right is that the judges right they're our protagonists Anderson and Dredd are protagonists and they're the quote unquote good guys but they're they're like I mean they're literally 
you know, um, judge, jury, and executioner. Like mm. they make a decision in a split second and and execute somebody based on the actions they've seen them do. I mean that is a horrific system of government, a system of law. I mean, truly, truly despicable. Uh, and even like you know, go back to Anderson. Like you remember that final assault, and like we see how far she's come. Like when they're shooting, like the people, you know, when you know, getting up to Mama's office, and there's a guy lying on the ground, and she shoots him in the back. Mm. You know, there's a real suggestion that maybe they they're going down a very bad, dark path. It's not necessarily a hero's path. Mm. It's the path that maybe be successful as a judge. But efficiency. They're doing That's some, the word efficiency. Yeah, but I mean, That's kind of for them, a very the inhuman efficiency. It, it, it's an inhuman world they live in. Um, not an easy, but what they do. You know, no. even like your one says to him uh, when he's when Anderson's brought to him and and I think he's head of the department of her, she's like you know chore into the deep end mm. or chore chore into the deep end and he says like it's all a deep it's end it's all a deep end that's you a great know, quote yeah, yeah, yeah no, I really like that as well um, like he doesn't want to get in, but we're saying that he's really by the book like he doesn't want to take Anderson because she mm. failed by a couple of points and mm -hmm. they, they can see the potential in her because of her abilities um, but um, yeah um, and then I just go on to I love oh yeah I love the fact then it's like like they're in, like everything has to completely fallen apart. The plan is just gone, you know, up, you know, just completely, you know, any plan is destroyed. And uh, he's still assessing her. He's like, I'm still assessing you. Like, don't forget, like for a second that like, mm. like there are two missions here. One, we kill her. Two, you're assessed. But sure, he even says as well, he says like, um, so when he, when they split up and he just says, you might want to. You might not want to get taken alive if cornered. Yeah. You know, just like yeah. just the same as it looked. Just if you cornered, death, death, yeah. death would be a better yeah, outcome. Basically, um, um, I love the moment. Like I said earlier, with cool guys and fallen bodies, and just that moment. It just he looked so badass. It was just like <laughs> so such a cool moment, and similar as well. To when like you know when he's calling and he's making an announcement out and you're like I am the law the the mm -hmm. classic line from the comics as well, and the, but then he has the kind of the the um ambush where he has like the dead body hanging up in the in the phone booth and they shoot that and then he takes mm -hmm. him out like it was it was a nice then when like they finally make contact with their with the other judges and it's uh, backup is on the way just stay alive. <laughs> just like, yeah, that's the message he's given. Like, you yeah, know. um, you know what it kind of reminded me of as well, Dredd and Anderson. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Just like Walter Scully. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just, just <laughs> I don't see that at all. No. no, Mad Max Fury Road. He reminded me of Max from Fury Road. A very quiet, you know, doesn't say a lot, but you know, kind of gruff but gets the job done and deep down has a heart like you do see like you know when he's taking on the kids and he switches his gun to stun mm. like he, he there is still some morality there so I thought he was going to initially I thought he was yeah. going to like just look what done what has to be done but he didn't um, and then of course like kind of the final decision like we've seen throughout the entire film they've established that he's by the books as we've said but then like you know she lost her piece and she let um, uh, Donald Gleason's character go mm. Um now, he doesn't know, he doesn't have psychic powers. He, he All he knows is Donald Gleason was involved in, like, the deaths of, you know, a lot of people, a lot mm -hmm. of innocent people. But he's willing to take her word her for word it. And he's also willing to let 
go the fact that we, she was taken and her gun, her side, you know, her yeah. weapon. It shows that his uh, admiration and respect for her has grown a lot. Yes. So and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, it's a slight human side to him mm. there, peeks through. Hmm, I wonder which is going to win this round. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Um, I, yeah, look, let's not even beat around the bush. Dread clearly takes the round. Yeah, it does no comparison. Like, it's possibly the most lopsided um, <laughs> round. And, yeah, round we've ever done, I'd say. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, there's been some pretty stacked rounds or one movie that's tried another but like there's barely any even a comparison like as I said and we could have I mean I know I was joking but like we could have just said the raid no characters move on <laughs> it wouldn't have been the service yeah we just wanted to make a little instinct to talk about them a little bit because yeah. there could be some people listening who love the characters in the raid so <laughs> I don't think know. so Liam. I don't think so but uh but no like if 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 you do, if you well, do, look, maybe if you're you genuine do. fans, maybe you do. let maybe us know. Let us know in comments, or you know, that well, uh, were were you really annoyed that they had so much action in the raid and took away from the great character development they had in the movie? Did did the action take you out of it, and you're waiting for the reveal of, oh, he has a baby? But actually, if you are interested in the characters of the raid, the raid two goes way more, has way better story, and still has ridiculous Bloody action. Actually. Um, I don't know what we might do. I it's not on our list at the moment. No. I think it would be fun to do, but I'll just try and find the right film to do it against. I've heard that like Ip Man are supposed to be great. I've never seen them. They're supposed to be like other like amazing martial arts films. Ip Man, I think Ip Man one, two, and three. I think there's like four or five. I'm not sure, but they're supposed to be amazing. People talk about it in the same category as the Raid. Mm. Maybe that might be interesting to do against the Raid two. One of those. Um, but next week is Up versus Wally. Wally, yes. <laughs> People are like, what? <laughs> so you had Batman versus Dark Knight. You had Terminator versus Robocop. King Kong versus Godzilla. The Raid versus Dread. And then Up versus, up versus Wally. Wally. We got to mix it up. the most... Uh, uh, Lopsided, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Or leap, right turn, yeah. it's right turn. Yeah, no, look, so yeah, like, it's it's good to change it up. I think. Um, no, I agree. I, I I'm excited about it. Uh, I we hope you listeners are excited about it. <laughs> um, yes, we hope you are. <laughs> Maybe it'll bring in some kid listeners. Who knows? You know, there's some young nerds out there. Um, I've never seen Wally. Oh, they say I've never seen a young nerd. <laughs> <laughs> You've no, never seen Wally. I've never seen Wally, and I've seen up okay, once. I, 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 before we go, just before we go, um, I was very intrigued because this is a kind of the radio is a film that I, I feel like you never would have watched if it wasn't for this podcast. Are you glad you watched it? Yeah, I mean it was entertaining. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and Dread as well. Yeah. I think I think Dread. I would. Dread had more, I think, because Dread had good action as well. The action wasn't as good, but then Dread, we said, had it did have better music, but the characters were far better. So yeah, I think, it had more elements. Dread for me to it. was a film I enjoyed more. It had more elements to it. 
but the rage, but the rage, rage action single was amazing. element was yeah. was, was the action was, was, was amazing. Um, okay, no, okay. So so next week up versus Wally. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm very interested to hear what Liam thinks of and of those we'd be movies. love to hear what you think as well. Um, yeah, please. Can... Yeah, like uh, like comment. Um, I think you can comment on on podcasts. I yeah, you can, you can, and I'll comment. Actually, would go a long way. Um, with the algorithms and get it higher up. Uh, so maybe other people might get a chance to enjoy it. And just to be nice to get some feedback. Uh, We'd just love to watch you think. And yeah, maybe no, yeah, yeah, no, again, no, no, no. I don't care what they think. I want. I just want money. <laughs> I want to get higher up so we can maybe get a couple of euro out of this. Um, uh, but no, but like we're on Facebook. It's it's the Movie Battle Podcast. Uh, we're on we're on Twitter now as well, aren't we? We're on Twitter, on Facebook, and and then uh, you can if you want to email us, it's the Movie Battle Podcast at gmail dot com. Yes. If you have suggestions, we're open. We're open to hearing what you think. Also on YouTube, go for sure check out YouTube as well because we um we put out uh um I have a pixel art intro and everything on YouTube and we try to do a, a piece of pixel art each week with each podcast as we release them. So check them out on on Facebook and uh, Twitter. And with that, we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it there. So we'll leave it there. So. 